On October 13, 1970, Mustafa Zedi was found dead in his house. For the past three years, we've been researching how that happened and why. We've read thousands of pages of court documents and newspaper reports. We've interviewed people who were close to Mustafa Zedi, who saw the scene where he was found dead, who knew him as a friend, an uncle, a relative, a literary star. What happened between Mustafa and Shanaz on the day of October 12, 1970, has been debated extensively. Perhaps the real story of what happened is only known to them who took it to their graves. But this is our attempt to recreate, hour by hour, what led to the day of Mustafa Zadi's death. I'm Sabah Imtiaz. I'm Tuba Masood. And this is Notes on a Scandal. It's October 1970. We know that Shanaz has been avoiding Mustafa but had agreed to see him on October 12th. A little background about what had been going on behind the scenes. We already know that Shanaz is mad at Mustafa because he was defaming her, but according to a summary of the trial that we found in the court documents given to us, Shanaz was possibly also angry at Mustafa because he had disclosed their intimacy to Shirin Kadir, a woman Shanaz always considered dangerous and used to believe that she was involved in a smuggling case. Another thing that was also happening in the background is that Mustafa had threatened to kidnap Shanaz. When Salim Khan learned that Mustafa was threatening to kidnap Shanaz, he consulted his friends and Shahid Abadi about whether they should tell the police. They decided to hold a meeting and solve this problem with Zaidi through his relatives and friends to avoid unnecessary publicity and a bad name. October 4th and October 6th, 1970. Mustafa manages to meet Shanaz on both these days. October 5th, 1970. Mustafa receives a letter from the martial law headquarters. It says that Mustafa needs to submit a report to the Pakistan consulate in West Germany verifying the facts that he had written so that the headquarters could go over them. October 8th, 1970. So this is a bit strange because... Nasir Torabi told the court when he testified that he had met Mustafa a few days before his death, three or four days before. But actually, when we met Nasir Torabi, he told us that he had met Mustafa the day of his death. He told us about how Mustafa had came over on October 12th and he discussed that, you know, Shanaz was coming over. The same thing we discussed in the last episode. Exactly. But in court, Nasir Torabi said, I last met him in my office three or four days before his death. It was in the afternoon around 2 p.m. He was in a cheerful mood. He had come to collect. 12 passport-sized photographs of his which were lying with me. October 8, 1970 Mustafa calls his brother Irtiza in Islamabad. Irtiza is a serving government officer. Mustafa wanted to make sure his passport and other papers were in order in advance of the government giving him permission to travel. He tells Irtiza he'd come and spend a few days before travelling. To Irtiza, he sounds happy and cheerful. The same day, he writes to Vera, expressing his great longing for reaching Germany as soon as possible and the agony of separation from the family. October 9, 1970, 4.30 p.m. Mustafa meets Kesar a relative. He shows Kesar a letter from the martial law authorities asking him to get Vera's medical certificate endorsed by the Pakistani embassy in Bonn. He had to do this before he would be permitted to go to Germany. 
Mustafa says he doesn't want to call Vera and the kids back as he wouldn't be able to go out. His kids' education would be interrupted. Then he shows Kessler another letter from the martial authorities asking him about the exact period of his stay in Germany. Kessler says even if the authentication from the embassy was delayed, Mustafa would be able to go to Germany after December 1970 anyway because the martial law regulation under which he was dismissed would expire. To Kessler, Mustafa seemed very happy and on top of the world. He tells Kessler he'd seen Shanaz twice. October 9, 1970. According to Morning News, Mustafa writes a letter to his son but can't complete it. This letter is discovered later from under the hedge of his lawn. I was so glad to read your very English character letter and learn of your activities. I almost was sharing the pleasure of cycling with you, playing hockey, and even reading German. In imagination, of course, but what a pleasure. October 10, 1970. Mustafa meets Hasan Mustafa, his relative in his office. We already know that Mustafa has been trying to meet Shanaz and had stopped her car while she was out. According to Dawn, Mustafa calls Shanaz, but Salim wouldn't let her talk to him. October 11, 1970. Mustafa has a fairly social day. In the morning, he meets Jafar Raza. In the evening, he meets Fayaz Malik and tells him he is trying to meet Shanaz the next day. As Fayaz later recalls, Mustafa is in a serious mood and not as happy as he used to be with his friends on previous occasions. Mustafa also leaves his insurance policy with his friend Shahid Abdi and then quite significantly remarks that this night feels like Shab-e-Ashur. Saba, can you tell us a little about what Shab-e-Ashur is? So I asked Akbar Jafri, who you should all follow on Twitter at Katmul23, about the significance of this comment. Akbar is a recent graduate of DePaul University's law school and an avid reader of poetry. And actually, a fun fact I found Mustafa Soem noticed just when we had started researching this book on Akbar's Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. So I asked Akbar what uh, the significance of Ashura and this comment means. Akbar explained what Ashura is. Sixty years after the Prophet Muhammad's death, his youngest grandson Hussein set out from Medina towards Kufa to rally in a fort. and opposed the perceived decline of the religion his grandfather established. This movement ended with Hussein and his army of some 100 cut off from Kufa and redirected to the plains of Karbala in Iraq by the several thousand strong Umayyad army. This happens on the 2nd of Muharram. Muharram is a month in the Islamic uh, calendar. On the 10th of Muharram, Hussein is massacred along with his followers and relatives. His only surviving son, sisters and the remaining women and children are taken into Umayyad captivity. This is a very significant event in Islamic history but particularly significant to Shia Muslims including Mustafa. Why was this comment from Mustafa like Mustafa saying that it feels like the Shab-e-Ashur? Why is this important in Urdu poetry? So Akbar explained to me that while these events of Ashura had obviously been written about in Arabic and Persian, the nature of their influence on Urdu poetry is markedly different. Each language has genres of poetry dedicated to the ritual mourning of Ashura. Um it found its way into the Indian ghazal as well. So this tradition has continued through different poets including Mustafa and you can see him as a precise switch gears mid ghazal and address Karbala before returning to other topics. And it's a regular topic in Urdu poetry as well. Um and why was it significant for Mustafa to bring it up at this point? That's the million dollar question I guess. <laughs> you know it's it's discussed so much after his death this particular comment whether he actually said it or not and why. And Akbar says that Mustafa comparing the night or the nights before his death to Shab-e-Ashur is really packed with meaning. 
During the yearly commemoration of Muharram, Shavya Ashur is spent in anxiety, anticipating what's to come the following day. Everyone commemorating was what happened on the day of Ashura, but the night is still spent in dread. Poetry recited on the night tends to include lines begging the night to remain and extend itself. This, however, as Akbar says, is a comment as a warner. If Mustafa is comparing the nights before his death to Shabai Ashur as an individual in the camps of Hussain, its meaning and the emotions associated with it become the exact opposite. Hussain, his relatives and his followers are all described as being calm and content on the night of Ashura with the certainty of death. They all vowed to defend Hussain as long as they possibly can and busied themselves in worship, already prepared for their deaths. What's really interesting is that Mustafa is never described really as being quite religious, but like all other poets, and obviously because of his his religious background, and I'm guessing his upbringing, he does often use the themes of Karbala in his poetry as well. And he also did write an elegy as well as an incomplete set of verses for his brother who had passed away a few years before. When Shahid Abdi hears this comment, he tells Mustafa not to do something rash. Also that evening, Mustafa meets Parvez Khurshid, another friend. As Parvez will later say, the way Mustafa was talking and behaving was completely normal. On that day, Parvez says that he didn't see any signs of sadness in Mustafa. Mustafa showed him two shirts of raw silk recently made, one in cream and one in blue. He told Parvez that when he wore the cream shirt, it meant good luck and good cheer for him. The blue shirt, however, meant that something disastrous was going to happen. That night, Mustafa also meets Shahnaz at a party and insists she meets him the next day. As Shahnaz would later say, I went to the apartment after he rang me up a number of times and threatened to kill himself if I did not come. I went there with the intention of dissuading him from committing suicide and thus save his life. October 12th, 1970. Mustafa wakes up and leaves the house in his car. Our understanding is that this is the morning he met Nasir Tarawi. We've talked about this meeting several times in previous episodes. Mustafa came over, met Nasir, made this list of qualities and bad things about himself. He returns and tells Iqbal, the chokidar, to wash the car. He helps Iqbal with this job, and then he parks the car in the garage. Mustafa again contacts and manages to talk to Shanaz. He is apologetic on the phone and tells her to forget the past. He did not mean what he said and requests her to come only once, after which he would never call her again. Shanaz is already madly in love with him and thinks there is no harm in meeting him again, as he's already apologized to her. 8 a.m. Salim Khan leaves his house with his kids to drop them off to school. 10.30 a.m. Shahid Raza arrives. He has to tell Mustafa that Vera has to go to Bonn to get this medical certificate because there is no consulate in Frankfurt and also about his swimming lesson. He parks a car outside because he's with friends. He walks to Iqbal and asks him if Mustafa's home. He knocks on the main door. Mustafa appears at the window and indicates that he'll come down. Mustafa doesn't invite him in, and Shahid doesn't even try to go in. Shahid guesses from Mustafa's demeanor that he doesn't want Shahid to come up. Shahid asks Mustafa if someone is upstairs. Mustafa says, buzz off. He says he might get delayed for swimming in the afternoon, and that Shahid should call him at 5.30pm, and that if Mustafa was delayed, they should cancel the swimming appointment. While the two are talking, a postman arrives with a letter from Vera. Mustafa fiddles with it, 
and tears a bit of it. He asks Shahid if he could take his Chaukidar Iqbal with him, but Shahid says his car was full of friends. Mustafa says he would make some other arrangements to dispatch Iqbal. 12.30 p.m. Shahnaz arrives at Mustafa's house in a cab. Iqbal says salam to her. Mustafa then gives Iqbal the day off, so he leaves to see his family in another part of the city. After Shahnaz arrives, there are two scenarios that we know of. Shahnaz walks straight into Mustafa's room, where he is lying on the bed. Shahnaz sits close to him on the bed. He again insists on the same topic, marriage. He says that the marriage will happen. Shahnaz gives him the same reply. He insists, no. As Shahnaz refuses, he gets riled up. Shahnaz also gets angry. Their argument is so intense that Shahnaz gets a headache. At some point, this fight turns into a physical argument. Whether they actually did have a physical argument that led to Mustafa being injured is debatable. And then, there's another version of the story. Shahnaz walks in and embraces Mustafa. They start talking about romance and life. He asks her to have sex one last time, as he's so madly in love. She can't resist and surrenders after having a cup of coffee. Then, the electricity goes out. It gets very stuffy in the room. Mustafa gets very upset. I will die of this heat. The electricity had to go out today only. A friend calls Mustafa on the phone. He bangs it, saying, I'm all right. After some time, the power comes back. The AC starts working again. Mustafa sighs with relief. But Shahnaz now has a headache. Around 1.30pm. Mustafa asks Shahnaz, did you discharge? Shahnaz says she doesn't know. Shahnaz has a bad headache, which she attributes to their argument. Then Mustafa takes out a paper packet and says, Hakim Saab has given this to me. It has many wonders. It will give you a heavenly taste if you take it with honey. Mustafa says this will make her headache better. But when Shanaz drinks it, it tastes bitter. She asks him, why is this bitter? He doesn't say anything. But in another version of the story, when she does tell Mustafa that it's bitter, he says, oh, I forgot to tell you that Hakim Saab had said that it is bitter, but for a short time. And then he gave Shanaz a glass of juice, who took it to overcome the bitterness of the honey powder. Mustafa asks Shanaz to lie down by his side on the bed. Shanaz starts to feel dizzy. She falls off the bed. She tries to get up and slowly clutching the wall, goes into the other room. But she falls down again before she can open the door. One thirty pm Nearby, in Bangalore town, where Shanaz and Salim resided, Salim comes home. There is no one at home. All the doors are locked and the keys are with Shanaz. Salim calls Shanaz's friends, but he can't seem to find her. He doesn't break the locks or file a report with the police because this would cause him to lose respect in front of other people and the servants. Somewhere between 2.30 and 8.30 p.m. This is the period between which Mustafa Zadi dies. 3.30 to 6 p.m. Nasir Tarabi's boss, the writer Sipte Hassan, tells Nasir to call Mustafa over for dinner. He starts calling Mustafa at 3.30. The phone is constantly busy 
and he tries again and again until six. Four thirty p.m. Shahid Raza is driving to the airport and sees Salim Khan come onto Drig Road from a lane in Bangalore town. He sees Salim turning towards the airport. That evening, Iqbal comes back home. Six thirty p.m. Shahid Raza calls Mustafa at several intervals, but he also gets a busy signal. 10 p.m. Sadim Khan now calls Shahidati. He says that Shahnaz left the house in the morning and hasn't come back. He suspects she might be with Mustafa, and he wants to know where Mustafa lives. 13, 1970. After midnight, the telephone exchange gets a complaint that they can't get through to this number. The operator says the phone's engaged. 2 a.m. Shahid Abadi calls Jafar Raza and tells him to come over because Salim and a man named Qureshi are with him. They want to go to Mustafa's house. Jafar finds Salim and Shahid Abadi at Shahid Abadi's house. Abadi says. Salim was looking for Shanaz and didn't know where Mustafa's house was. 2:30 a.m. Shahid Abdi calls Fayaz Malik. He says that Salim's come to him and is making inquiries about Mustafa because Shanaz is apparently at his house. Fayaz can't leave his house at this hour because his mother won't let him go out so late at night. Between 2 and 3 a.m. Now concerned that Mustafa isn't answering the phone and that Salim is looking for his wife, a bunch of people go to Mustafa's house. This includes Shahid Abdi and his wife, Salim Khan, Jafar Raza, and Salim's friend Qureshi. Iqbal, the jockeydar who's been outside, tells him that Mustafa must be inside since no one has gone in or gone out. They hear the air conditioner is still running. On Salim's insistence, Shahid Abdi knocks on the door. There is no answer. The garage door is closed and locked. Seven twenty a.m. Jafar Raza calls Mustafa again. There's no answer on the phone. Jafar then calls Shafiq Ahmed Khan. He's a magistrate who is Jafar's classmate and friend. He asks him for advice. Shafiq says, "Go to Mustafa's house." Shahid Abdi calls up Hasan Mustafa. Shahid Abdi and Hasan Mustafa go to Shafiq Ahmed's house, who advises them to contact the police because it was suspected that a woman was inside the house with Mustafa. Eight a.m. Shahid Abdi and Hasan Mustafa go to Mustafa's flat. Shahid Abdi climbs a ladder and tries to peep through the window. He can't see anything because the curtains are drawn, but he can see someone is lying on the bed. They call Shafiq Ahmed, and they also call Salim. Shafiq Ahmed brings the police officer and others to the site, and then they break the door, which was locked. Ten a.m. The police break open the door. Shafiq Ahmed, the magistrate, and the police go upstairs. Jafar Raza follows. He sees Mustafa lying on the bed. He's holding the telephone dial with the instrument on the ground. 
Blood is oozing out from his mouth and nose. The buttons of his shirt are all opened up. There's a earring on the ground. There are camphor balls all over the bed. Mustafa appears to be dead. In the adjacent room, connected by a passage, Shanaz is lying on the floor. Salim comes in and asks Shanaz what happened. She opens her eyes, moans, and closes her eyes again. Salim says, Shanaz, what has happened to you? What have you taken? What has Zaidi given you? Shanaz opens her eyes, rolls over. She's still unconscious. Salim wants to embrace Shanaz, but the police officer says there's no time for that. She needs medical assistance. So, Salim picks up her handbag while Shafiq Ahmed sends someone to get a doctor. All of the story, the coffee, the juice, the medicine, all of this comes from Shanaz, who says that she passed out at 1.30 and she has no recollection of what happened later. But Mustafa isn't reported to have died right away. He died somewhere between 2.30 and 8 p.m. So what was Mustafa doing while Shanaz was unconscious? Why doesn't he go and get help if Shanaz, the love of his life, is lying unconscious? We don't know. And how does Mustafa Zaidi die? I'm Sabah Intiaz. And I'm Tuba Masood. And this was Notan Scandal. Thank you very much for listening to this episode and for previous episodes and for your feedback, thoughts and comments. I'd like to thank Akbar Jafri for taking the time to give us a thoughtful reply on Shabia Ashur and its significance in Urdu poetry. You can follow us on Twitter on our personal handles. I'm Sabah Intiaz. I'm Tabahi Tuba. You can also follow us on our official Instagram page, Murder Mystery 70. And also on our personal Instagram accounts. I am Sabah Intiaz. And I'm Tabahi Tuba. This episode of Notana Scandal was recorded at the Center of Excellence in Journalism at the IBA.